You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega, back at Tusepa. Yep, another awesome Comic Crusaders podcast today with another independent creator, an amazing guest. This person is the writer-creator of Wicked Publishing's uh, Mechanic Chronicles, independent comic called Spiritist. He's also one of the three founders of a shared comic book universe called the Mythoverse, right, with his comic book series, Mythics. I'm very happy to introduce the one and only Matt Trin, what's going on, kiddo? How you doing? I am doing good. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on, brother, and talking some of the uh, greatness uh, of what you're doing with the Metaverse, talking about your stuff with Wicked, and just talking about the journey and sharing, man. So thank you for uh, taking that time. So let's do it, Matt. Where you from, kiddo? I am from Michigan. You can tell, you know, you can tell whenever I add the odd S to words. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a Michigan thing? <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that it just gets picked up as you grow up. That's such as, one. such as whenever you say you're going to Meyer, everyone says I'm going to Myers. Okay. Hey, what what's Meyer? It's a grocery store. It's a lot like Walmart, except that it's a lot less. Expensive. <laughs> I, yeah, expensive, and it's not out everywhere. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Some local stuff to you guys. So you got some goodies, huh? I got to check yeah. out Michigan. So you've been there all your life? Have you ever moved out of Michigan, or are you, you like ingrained in, in the Michigan culture? I'm pretty ingrained in Michigan culture. I have cousins who have tried to move out of the state, and then they gravitate back here, so... <laughs> <laughs> It's like a magnet, huh? It won't let you get too far. Yeah, and yeah, it's got a pretty nice weather. So how's the comic book community there as a kid growing up? How was that? Or were you even uh-huh. into comics as a kid? It was mostly from the spinner racks at, at bookstores like All the Books, B. Dalton's, and 7-Eleven, if kids can believe it these days. <laughs> <laughs> really? You had spinner racks? I'm jealous, man. I want to buy a spinner rack just to have it in, in my garage. You know what I mean? Just want one. Um, yeah. So what, what did you gravitate towards first, you know, when you were a kid? What, what was your flavor? DC, Marvel, character, what? Well, when I was a kid, it was more of us. It was more, I was into Star Trek, so I gravitated towards okay. the Star Trek comics, which was DC oh, nice. at the time. Do you still have them? Unfortunately, no. They they were lost in a flood. Oh, I was about to say the Scotty beamed them up like hell no. no more. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, some, of them they, some of them he can have. <laughs> you know, too funny. But I, I I never really read Star Trek comics, so I'm not too familiar with with, with that side of it. You know, I was always a uh, you know, like I said, a barbarian fan, a, a big fan of the killers and comics. It's just me. So, all right, so, you know, you're doing Star Trek stuff, right? Uh, when did you find your tribe, if you will? Did you find the tribe, if at all? <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't until much later in life when I ventured out towards the social media web. 
and it was only about four years ago when I started interacting with the other two creators that would become the my co-founders in the middle first. Oh, nice, and, brother. Yeah. like that. How did that conversation get even struck up then? How, how did you start navigating all that? And did you <laughs> do this with the purposeful intent of creating a brand? Well, we did initially do it as just our one of our co-creator, one of our fellow creators, Cody, who works on the Jack Irons comics. He kept on getting the I banned or suspended for having too many DMs because he's one of those really friendly guys who just talks, talks, talks in groups. And Twitter doesn't like that, apparently. Oh, they don't want to be a talker, huh? <laughs> no. So, co-founder Dan Sakharov created a Slack group for uh, the, anyone who wants to talk. And so, it was me, him, this guy, our other co-founder, Brett McGowan, and Cody, who... Ironically, barely used the Slack, but as well as our friend Tank, and we started talking more and more about our comics, and realized that hey, we've got comics that could be put into the same universe. So it was, in a way, kind of like how. Marvel and DC kind of gravitated towards their comics being in a shared universe. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that, man. So explain to me about on, on the uh, before we get into your, your your side of the business, which is the metaverse. But explain to me a little bit about Wicked Publishing, the sci-fi series you got there, the McKinnon Chronicles. What's that all about? It was the first series that I was actively advertising at the time. I thought. For a while, that was going to be the first crowdfunder that I did for a comic until the Mythos first came up. And for me, the project is more about, it's more like Star Trek II, the Revicon, where it's more about space bales, the sip-on-sip duels, and so on. And it's something that I noticed that is rare in sci-fi comics. It's usually about some kind of quest or basically space fantasy in the same way as Star Wars. I could agree with you, man. It's always about the people and not about the equipment. I want to see ships go at it, go in that Gundam style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I decided to, why not create it? Nice. How was that journey for you, though, in the creation process? I mean, did you have any prior education? Were you a rookie? How did you teach yourself if that was the route you went to do this? I just did research. I educated myself on certain things, what works, what doesn't work. I The, uh, the first issue is always going to be the rough one, since you don't know how well the ice is going to take to it. It's kind. Of, it's basically a prototype to what's to come, in a way. Okay. Okay. So, talk about your independent comic, Spiritus. What's that all about? 
it's in a way similar to what I'm doing with mythics, except it's more grounded in the ideas that I had to test in for the Mythiverse. Okay. And it's also I do have a tendency to create female characters, so with mythics, you have Althea, who's more of a a feminine woman. You have the Mechanic Chronicles, you have Mason McCann, who's a starship commander. And then in Suratus, you have Claire Fisher, who's more of a cowboy. And, well, she's more, mm. I guess, introspective at times. Gotcha. And why do you gravitate towards female leads in your books? I guess part of it has to deal with me not wanting to, wanting to make any Gary Stews. Hmm. I want to try to challenge myself to write viewpoints that I don't know of very well. Gotcha. 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 And uh, so let's talk about um, how did you even get involved again with Wicked? I mean, how did that even happen? What did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't exactly remember the entire thing, but I pre I'm pretty sure what happened was that they inquired about bringing Mechanic Chronicles aboard, and I said, "Sure, let's do this." And where was this? Were you at a con? Do you table at cons and stuff like that, or was it something done on the internet? How, was, how did that go about? It was on Twitter. On I Twitter, was, I love. To, see, what I'm saying I love Twitter. People say Twitter is so toxic, but listen, that's only if you listen to the toxicity. You cl- you, you cloud that shit out. There's so much community in Twitter. That's awesome. No, absolutely. And I noticed that a lot of my more successful tweets are more about jokes than anything else, such as let's say George R. R. Martin says something about J.R. Tolkien. And you just throw out there how Tolkien was able to complete the story, unlike Martin. (laughs) Okay, so now talk about that 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 mythiverse and mythics. So, what is mythics, and how does this try tie in to the universe or that shared universe that you're creating with the rest of your homies? Well, mythics is a story about a paranormal investigator named Elthea Fletcher and her familiar Gallatin, and basically. She investigates supernatural cases. So let's say if something's haunting a house, she goes to investigate. And she's part of a group called the Mythic Order that is an underground society very similar to uh, fellow series Adobe Kroger's Order of the Carolines in Cross. But they live in a society where they're, where magic is outlawed. And so, since Elthea has the ability to do magic, she has to figure out how to handle these cases by her witch. In a way, I have to say that the it's more of a Sherlock Holmes meets folklore. Okay. Ooh. 
Interesting. So where did you get all this inspiration from? Was it a dream? Did you read something? Did you watch something? Well, I know it's probably going to be very controversial to say, but I got inspired by Warren Ellis' Injection series. Oh, okay. Where I read about the British cunning folk, and I thought, you know, that sounds very interesting. What if I were to extrapolate uh, more on the cunning folk side of things rather than the science fiction side of things? So I went, wrote a complete, a full script within about an hour or so. And hour you wrote a script? Get out of here. You got that inspired, bro? <laughs> yeah, and I, it wasn't that good. <laughs> it has nothing to do with <laughs> mythics as it is now. Gotcha. That's too funny. I, I, I just could picture you, though. You saw that shit. You just picked up a pen and paper. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Wait a minute. I have an idea, bro. This is well, great. Love it. Yeah. Well, apparently, the 9-11 issue of Spider-Man was written within 45 minutes. So sometimes you can get into that kind of mindset. That zone. Yep. Nice, brother. Nice. I love it. So, you know, even before you started doing all this, again, you had no formal training, you said, and everything is you educating yourself, honestly. And did you have any support from the family or or, or, or friends? That, that oh, yeah. Are they appreciative of, of what you're doing, understand what you're doing? Because, again, you know, it's, it's all cultural things sometimes. Sometimes parents don't understand, if you will, <laughs> to quote Will Smith. <laughs> well, my parents have been very understanding. They've actually I donated to all the campaigns I've done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, of course, man. Great. You know what? That that Even that small gesture does go a long way because you always want your family to be at least supportive, even if they don't appreciate it, but at least supportive of what you do. Think in my absolutely. opinion. Oh, absolutely. I love it. So talk about the future. I mean, what else are we getting? When are we getting the next Mythics comic? How often does this comic come out? Explain, explain, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, we don't make tens of thousands of dollars on these campaigns. Because if we did, I'd already be on issue four. Uh, okay, so what issue are we on right now? Well, we're going into issue three. Okay. And right now, what I plan on doing is kind of making this next issue a little smaller in, in scope. What do you mean smaller in scope? Well, it's going to be more about Elphia's it's going to explore Elfia more as a character. Okay. So it's more personal. In, it's more of an insight into the character as opposed to any outside adventure. Yep. Gotcha. I like that, though. Sometimes we got to know why we got to appreciate the character. So that's 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 pretty insightful of you. You know, why take that approach with, the, with this next issue? Well, I've always liked the idea of doing things in doing certain themes, such as the first issue sets up the world and all that. It's, uh, although it's not, per- it wasn't perfect, you can see the elements of world building in there. And then I continued that on with the second issue where there's more of a world building aspect 
and a little bit of character building. Mm-hmm. And this third issue is going to be pure character growth. Uh, I love it. That's exactly what I love about comics for a minute. At least when I was growing up, where we will see the character growth, we see the character's age, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the big two decided, you know what? Let's keep rebooting every five years, <laughs> which sucks. Uh, are you ever going to do that to your characters, or will your characters age in like in a real time, and then see further people take over those mantles? Is that your idea? Well, what's popping here? I'm curious. Well. There's not gonna if there's gonna be a reboot reboot of titles, they're not gonna be ain't they're not gonna be the same characters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's something that I I really don't like about superhero comics in that it everything is rebooted. There's no real stakes. And if something happens to the character, well, oh well. They'll be they'll be brought back to life in maybe a few years or so. Like with the death of Wolverine. Oh yeah, Baseball. right. But I mean, they try to hold it down for almost like two years, right? Was it about two, three years? Yeah, kind of held down the death that he that we didn't see him, but there were still elements of him. <laughs> yeah, and then they're seeing Gray, who they brought back. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, but look, look at the greatest comeback of all. What was it? Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy, that turns yeah. to Spider Gwen. Next thing you know, I mean, a character that was made to be killed comes back and kind of dominates and murders was one of the highest-selling comics at Marvel, you know, when, when that shit debuted. And now, you know, thankfully, you know, back to indie where Tommy Fallon has crushed those numbers, you know, for that specific book with Gunslinger Spawn. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love it I, when indie knocks out the big two. I just love it. Oh, yeah. I think we're heading into a new age where indie comics are going to be more and more appreciated forever than denigrated. And yes. then I hope we stop calling them indie comics and just call them awesome comics, right? <laughs> yeah. Just comics. Yeah. Get away from the word these these separatist words of big two, premier, indie. Just call them for what they are, awesome comic books. I, I don't mind putting mythics right next to a preview of a Marvel book. Why not? You guys work just as hard and put out just as much of a quality book, right? Yeah, although after that Marvel documentary with Dan Slot, I have to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, bro. You know, uh, you're a big Dan Slot fan, bro. <laughs> uh, he's okay, <laughs> but me, his greatest uh, story, my opinion, was when he did that whole sim- the 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 Doc Ock Spider Man. I mean, that whole story was actually pretty effing cool. At least the yeah. lead up to, and then kind of going into that whole superior joint that was cool. But then after that, again, I, I didn't appreciate it no more. But that's it again. That's just me. Well, you can only. Handle so much of the character abuse that, that, that happened at the time, such as Pierre Parker going to become a billionaire and then losing it all, yeah, and then just sleeping on his girlfriend's couch. That's I, that's a, that's the story of most New York dudes, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mate, Shit. We, we blow the money quick, son. Then next thing you know, we're sleeping on couches, bro. <laughs> it's, it's our own stupidity sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Well. I'd like to think that Pierre Parker was a little is a little smarter than that. <laughs> we would have wanted him to, but he's still a New Yorker, you know, a male, you know, doing his yeah. thing. He's one of us. It's just I, I could understand. Like, yeah, you know, blow it all. Blow it all, goddammit. No. <laughs> but what would you do? You know, like right now I'm hearing that there's this like uh, uh, ultimate jackpot, 
like 500 million, yo, half a, half a billion son up for decks on a lottery. If you were to win that lottery, honestly, would you continue making comics? Absolutely. Hey, well, all right. So would you invest? And if so, how would you invest in your own company with the bread? Well, I'd have to say I'd invest by bringing in artists, helping out artists with finding writers to work with, with individual first. Throw stuff out there, new series out there, just to see where they hit the mark. Okay. For me, I think that I did an estimate of how much it would take for me to finish up Mythics as a comic series. Uh-huh. And it's probably going to be less than 100000 So that is more than enough to complete Mythics and help invest, you know, invest in growing the company. So how far how far in stories is Mythic going to go? Is it an en- endless story or does it have an infinite end, definitive end, if you will? Sorry. At this point, it's slated to be 25 issues. Okay. But, nice. okay. yeah, but I'm just, wherever the cards may hold, wherever the cards may hold. Gotcha. So you're playing it by ear to see how people accept the character within, within the mythos. Nice. Okay, so let me ask you here, Matt, in this journey of yours that you've undertaken to be a creator, you know, you're building a universe, you're working with publishers, you're creating teams, right? Uh, What's one of the biggest lessons you've learned in the journey that, that, you know, you hope that people could learn from? Well, if it's anything, don't give too many chances to bad actors. Because sometimes they'll cause drama within the group. And we've unfortunately had those. And, well, you're always going to have someone, uh, some people who are going to be toxic within the group. So. Don't accept toxicity at any point. That's what I say. You get rid of that shit immediately. Cut it out like a goddamn cancer, bro. Unless only surround yourself with good and positive energy. I hate when people tell me, oh, but sometimes you got to talk about the negative shit. No, I don't. Why do I want to spew bad energy and fuck up my own juju, if you will? You know what I mean? Yeah. bro. Ain't no point in that, bro. Talk about what you love. Talk about what you enjoy. Celebrate with people that love what they do, like yourself. And that's that. For me, simple. No one else. I don't want to talk shit about bad stuff. What's the point? And if I don't like something, I could share my personal, that's very key, my personal opinion as Al, now nah, that's comic crew, you know, and if you don't like it, that's fine. Then yeah, it would be for me, but, you know, I'm not really going to share that shit. <laughs> yeah, and one of the problems I've had with getting out there was there are, I probably went to, or I to a number of independent comic sites who had, who, you know, they said, put the call, hey, we're looking for guests for our podcast or YouTube channel. And so I'd, put, I'd respond to them. And usually they're pretty receptive. And then silence. Until I go, hey, what's going on? One site in particular just said, oh, well, we just want an interview for our website. And so I said, sir, I'll answer that question. 
then months later, I just go, hey, what's going on with that? And I said, oh, there you go. And no policy, nothing about that. Just completely unprofessional. So now you see, those are not the sites that support independent. We support. You You signed up. I took care of you quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make sure we talk because, again, we're here to truly celebrate indie, folks. This is what Comic Crusaders is. This ain't no, nothing else. We're here to celebrate all things creative, but we definitely ain't going to show extra love to indie because we understand the journey. We're an independent comic book news site ourselves. Nope. We're See, all these other sites, the majority of them are owned by a bigger conglomerate. Us, we're independent. So I could talk about whatever I want, when I want, how I want. But I use that power, if you will, in the best and most positive way I can. And this is why I only want to surround myself with good people, positive people, and awesome creators like yourself. You know what I mean? Like, where's your family from? You're, you're from Michigan, but where's the family from? What's your background? Well, my dad's side of the family comes from Vietnam. They emigrated over to the United States after the Vietnam War. Okay. Or as the Vietnam War ended. And, well, my mom's side of the family come, came from all over the place. But <laughs> more dominantly, Finland. Okay. Oh, cool. What a mix. Vietnamese, Finland, and, and, and a whole, probably a whole bunch of Europe in that mofo, too. So that's awesome. And maybe a little bit of Genghis Khan, because he like to have sex a lot. <laughs> hey, you dirty boy. <laughs> Bro, I ain't going to get into that business here, kiddo. This is a family show. <laughs> you dirty boy. All right, no, but, but that, that's pretty great, man. So, you know, before we go, let's talk about that journey. Here you are, you know, you're a, a foreign, you're an, you know, foreigner, immigrant in, in the States, right? Looking a little different than most people. How is that, though, within school in Michigan? You know, were you in a, a schools or schools that, that are very diverse or was it kind of a one line and you had trouble? Kind of want to know that. Because I come from New York where it's a melting pot. So when it comes to diversity, it's just something that was always natural to me. So I don't, you know what I mean? I understand what it is. I get it. Not like most people. So how was it on your side? Well, trying to remember what that my classmates were like, but I have to say it was prob- it was pretty diverse. Hmm. It we kind of lived on we probably lived on the suburb side of it of it. So there were it was basically a, a lot of well off families. Okay. And here <laughs> come you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my dad worked with Chrysler, so... Oh, nice. Had, uh, okay, yeah. so he had a good position, too. Okay, great. So yeah. that made it be easier to be, be accepted into the... It's so funny, brother, right? So your skin color matters, but when you make green, that's the only color that matters to them most of the time. So they could bypass the rest. Isn't that crazy? Yep. And I think that's something that our culture should probably learn, is that money doesn't... I, skin color doesn't matter as much as the color green. Yeah, bro. I mean, exactly. That's the color that matters in the U.S. at the end of the day. Everybody can argue about what they want to argue about. <laughs> but yeah. at the end of the day, it, it's about the greens, huh? The greenbacks. Yeah, you don't you don't hear about people bragging about how about how a movie did with story. 
you hear about how it did with the at money? At the box office, yes. Yeah. Never about this. And again, that's a shame too because there are some movies that deserve the big box office that had a great story. But you know, but people prefer sometimes to be, you know, just entertained, which is also good. I mean, I want that. Sometimes I just want to be entertained and not bogged down. But um, yeah, I wish story was sold more. There's something I argue with my family with all the time. They want in your face stuff, like you know, the the quick relief or something. But me, oh, yeah. I want to dig in. Like when it's a good story, I'm in that shit. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, I'm and then they're bored to death. I'm like, how could you not <laughs> understand the complexities of the stuff, the narratives that they're doing here? Are you you're like you're not listening. <laughs> Stop I'm watching. Just, Listen. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a thing. Uh, good stories are things that a lot of movies don't want to have. Yep. And a- everybody wants a goddamn reboot. That's what everybody wants. A goddamn reboot. I'm tired of it. Make new shit, people. Like when they when I saw the other day that they announced that they want to make a Lost Boys reboot. <laughs> like, listen, make a sequel. There's no DC Comics did a goddamn sequel that you could probably follow. In a yeah. movie. There's no need for a reboot. Stop it. Stop this reboot shit. That I hate. Yeah, but the thing is, they want to do their own thing. It's not about respecting the franchise. It's about what they want. But how about name it something else? They ain't brand recognition, unfortunately. Well, and, well, and that's, that's, that's what I get mad about. Like, stop using the brand when it's not what the brand is about. You know? Or stop trying to change things just because you want to change things, not because it really is something that's going to be important to the story. You get me? If it's not yeah. important to the story, if you don't make it important to the story, why is that change significant? Why does it matter? You get yeah, me? I th- yeah, I think that's also the biggest reason why people really hated the ejection of the expanded universe of Star Wars. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm a newbie to that. I wasn't, I'll be honest, again, I've said it before, I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan. But when I saw Rogue One, holy shit, that kind of flipped me. I'm like, all right, I dug this. And then Mandalorian came out. And now all of a sudden, you got the Star Wars visions. That first episode, that black and white episode alone, blew my effing mind, son. Have you seen visions? Not yet. Please. I, Please, I bro. Watch, watch episode one. Take a break from being creative just for a moment. <laughs> You're going to get more inspired. Trust me. This is yeah. some black and white manga in an animated form. It is gorgeous. I, bro, I kept I kept turning around to my wife, like, yo, you need to watch this one. This is like fire, yo. I've never seen the a, a dope black and white animation like this. Well, I wrote an animation script for Wicked that was recently hey. announced. And what's it called? Talk about that. Can it's I- called Void and Okay. Like I said before, I have tendency to write about female characters, and it's based off of a comic idea I had concept that I wasn't certain about when I was going to fit it in. But when Wicked wanted to do more in terms of creativity wise, they wanted to do an animation project with Brain Pixel. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, so- man, I just spoke to someone from Brainy Pixel. <laughs> which is Brian Hollingsworth. Very funny. I just spoke to him recently on the podcast, so that's funny you mentioned them. They're definitely oh. doing some amazing work, so I'm actually glad you brought them up. Check out that podcast, folks. You know They're doing some big things. I'm going to have them on again to talk about 
all the services he offers to creators like you. And I'm, I love it that you brought that up. So what are we getting from you, bro? What are we getting from you and Brainy? This is awesome. Basically, it's going to be a samurai kind of animation film. Oh, wonderful. So I guess if you, if there's members of the audience who are more familiar with Star, uh, Star Wars than Samurai Jack or Samurai films, I would say that combat in it is more like that final duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, where it's not so much about a flashy fighting style, but it's subdue, got it has intelligence behind it. So tactical, I think. It's awesome, kiddo. You're doing a lot of things, man. You're keeping yourself busy, bro. I mean, and I could also tell you a fan because look at your background. God damn, bro. What what what's the highlight of your collection before you go? <laughs> well, I have a first edition of the Silmarillion. No, you don't. Uh oh, uh oh, folks, he's gonna show off. He's gonna show uh, off. Yep. Oh, nice. Check that out. Even has Crystal Tolkien's map. Get out. Oh, damn. Look how big that shit is. Oh, yeah. cool. So that's the highlight of your, of your collection? Oh, yeah. Nice. I picked it up at a bookstore called Second Charles for about five bucks. No way. It was just sitting there like that? Yeah. Mm. I hope you had your game face, bro. <laughs> Because there was a bookstore that I ran into, right? And I bought mm-hmm. the first appearance of X-23 for like $2. They didn't know what they had. So I'm just there with this ultimate game face. <laughs> Two, how much again? $2. You sure? Yeah, okay. You sure? Yeah, all right. Like, do they not know what they're fucking selling me? I was trying to help them along. Because I don't like <laughs> ripping people off. But, hey, bro, if I'm saying you sure, you should Google it. You know what I mean? If I use that fucking verbiage, would you Google it? I'm trying to help you. <laughs> you know? Well, All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Second Charles is a bookstore that's attached to the Books a Million brand. So Ooh, I'm pretty okay. sure they just threw a number on there. And it was at the I, end of that day. <laughs> I miss Books a Million. There was this great shop in New York, bro, when I was growing up. And I mean, I regretted it as a kid because I was more of a comic book man, but I should have been looking, going in there looking up, you know, some some OG books. There was a lot of great shit that I probably missed out on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that, bro, I want to just thank you for your time, man. It has been fun. I've loved learning yeah, about right. Wicked, about, you know, Mytho, about yourself, man. Keep doing your thing, bro. I'm, dig- I'm digging what you're doing. So let me give you your flowers, kiddo. You know, keep doing what you do. Keep being amazing. Thank you for what you do and sharing of yourself. You know, not many people are willing to do that in the world. Uh, and the fact that you do it already, you know, already puts you a, a step above most, you know, in regards to success. To believe that. So that's good shit, brother. You keep doing what you do. I appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone else does. So just to tell everybody again, right, it's, it's you know, to follow you, they go to Matt Trend. Metaverse, Wicked Publishing, and this is across all social media, correct? Yes, it is. And then, of course, you can also visit the websites at mythocomics.com uh, and wickedpublishing.net. You know, take out a look. Any Anything else that we missed, kiddo? No, I think we got it. 
Excellent. And follow them on YouTube. Epa, subscribe. They, they got a lot of epic videos, and they're going to be doing some awesome stuff on that bad boy, too. So with that, Matt, thank you again. I'm Al Mega. Mm-hmm. Also tells you what to do with the exception of visit our comic book shop, comiccrusaders.shop, and our swag store. All right? We're the latest and greatest in all Comic Crusaders swag at comiccrusaders.us. And please, if you're listening on, on Apple or you know what I mean? Spotify. Yo, give us a review. Show us some love, man. Tell, tell folks how much you love the Comic Crusaders podcast. Thank you again, everybody. Hasta la próxima. Later. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.